I'm Jen. I'm Jack. And you're listening to The Devil Made Me Review It. We're just a couple of best friends who love scary movies. Especially when those movies are based on true events. Listen along as we dive into our favorite films, the classics we all love, and really, whatever we want. We'll tell you all about the paranormal claims made by the real-life subjects and debate whether or not it actually happened. It probably didn't happen. I knew you were going to say that. Listen, if you haven't seen whatever we're covering, pause and come back after watching because spoilers abound. That's right. Sit back and enjoy. The Devil Made Me Review It. Okay, take three. This is the third time we're trying to record this episode. <laughs> Perhaps we have we have pissed off the Blair Witch herself. I don't know. Some sort of curse. How are you? I'm I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready too. I'm excited. We were saying to each other that we're uh, very thrilled to not be talking about the conjuring for a minute because uh, we've just we've had enough. Uh, although we did just find out that there is going to be a documentary coming out called The Sleepless Unrest that is about a bunch of journalists who go and spend several nights, it seems, in the house from the original the original Conjuring story. And yeah, so I guess we're going to have to watch that, but it seems like we have a beat before it comes out. <laughs> God. What's funny is that the trailer looks a lot like what we're talking about today, which is the Blair Witch Project. It kind of does. It kind of does. So yes, today we're talking about the Blair Witch Project. Found video footage tells the tale of three film students, Heather Donahue, Josh Leonard, Michael C. Williams, who've traveled to a small town to collect documentary footage about the Blair Witch, a legendary local murderer. Over the course of several days, the students interview townspeople, gather clues to support the tale's veracity, but the project takes a frightening turn when the students lose their way in the woods and begin hearing horrific noises, amongst other things. Um, so this movie is like notoriously fake. Right. And because this movie is notoriously fake, we're going to stray ever so slightly from our normal format today. Jen is going to tell you about the made-up story that the movie advertised and made us all believe was real. And I will share some facts about how the movie was made and how they tricked everyone into thinking it was a true story. And then, because this movie was based and filmed in Maryland, where we both grew up, we are going to share some of our favorite spooky Maryland lore with you guys. So go ahead and tell us the quote-unquote true story that the movie was said to be following. Yes, so the quote-unquote true story, at least according to the movie, was that a witch named Ellie Kedward was banished from the colonial town of Blair, Maryland, which is now Burkittsville, uh, when she was accused of trying to let blood from local children. So like murder kids, I guess. Uh, in the late 1800s, um, a child went missing in the forest and when returned, one of the research parties, one of the search parties was found dismembered i so i don't know murder in the woods uh in burkittsville in the 1940s an old hermit named rustin parr came down from the black hills forest saying he was finished he'd killed seven children in his woodland home and blamed their deaths on the blair witch the footage from the uh 
the lost documentary crew was found in the ruins of Rustin Parr's house. So it's the house in the movie that they all die in at the end. Um, but yeah, so according to the movie, that is the backstory to the Blair Witch and the the crew getting lost and what they're investigating. Spooky. And of course, none of that was true. Uh, but I do, I remember going to the movies to see something else and seeing the trailer. And at the end of the trailer, they had a website, which was nobody, nobody did anything like that. And so it was, I remember being there with all my friends and us being like, what, what is that website? Like, why would they have a website at the end of this movie trailer? I went home immediately and and looked it up and it was a website that talked about these filmmakers going missing and it was just sort of this fake site. And apparently what they did was they had built the site before the movie premiered at Sundance in the summer of 98. And nobody had, had done any sort of like viral marketing at that point. Like that wasn't even a term. No one was even using that term. And this was one of the first, you know, big sort of moments uh, in that, in in viral marketing. So they have the website set up before they go to Sundance. By the time they get to Sundance, they had gotten over 10,000 people subscribed to the mailing list on the website, which doesn't sound like a lot, but in 1998, that was a lot of people, (laughs) especially for something that something that hadn't been they hadn't really advertised it either. It was all word of mouth that people were starting to like tell people to go to this website other than trailers when actually there hadn't even been a theatrical trailer release at that point because they had it was just accepted to Sundance so they didn't even have the big theatrical release people were they just had people telling other people like hey check out this website and they initially set up the website under the guise that they were hired by Heather's mom to edit together this footage and release it and so that was sort of the story they stuck to and once they got picked up by a major studio, that studio continued with the website, gave it a little bit of a refresh, and allowed people for a good long while to think that the movie was real. And the actors didn't do press initially. They waited a little while until until the uh, the movie had been out for a bit. And then they were able to do it and everybody, you know, they they were like, no, this was it wasn't real. It was it was all fake. The whole thing is is totally made up. And there are still people after those actors were were going and doing press and stuff who still to this day like think that it's that 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 part of it is a hoax. Oh, that the the Blair Witch is not. Yeah, that like the doc that like the movie was an actual real documentary, and that these people oh. have been hired. I'm like, what? They're lookalikes? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> have been hired to cover up the story. <laughs> so they're like like flat earthers. Uh uh-huh, yeah. Witch project. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I remember being. I remember like people were mad like when they found out that it, they these people had like tricked us all. Like people yeah. were pissed, and they didn't give a shit about the movie after that. Yeah, I remember that too. I don't remember my reaction to finding out it was not real. I think I was just really surprised. And I was, yeah, just kind of blown away. I think I was mad. I think I was one of those people. You were mad? (laughs) (laughs) Because I like ghost stuff. And then it was like, I remember watching it at at my neighbor's. I had this shitty neighbor and I went over to her house for some reason to watch it. I was a kid. And my parents had just moved us into like the woods and we were like surrounded by woods. Yeah. And I didn't want to walk up the driveway by myself after that because I was scared. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, that that house you guys lived in out there in the sticks was it was a little creepy out there. 
Yeah, it was scary. I was uh, Sleepy Hollow also scared me. Like fucking uh, <laughs> Christopher Walken with those teeth. Yeah. Terrifying. Oh man, that was so cheesy. That Sleepy Hollow. I wanted it to be I good, know. but it was so bad. Oh, but I, that, I that's why I like it though. Yeah, I forgot how um, immediately nauseating this film is when just the opening <laughs> credit uh, is is like shaky. Like, like the credit doesn't roll and it's not still. The it's actually shaking. Like the text on the screen is a little oh. bit shaky. And it's like a bad Halloween show. Exactly. And yeah. it immediately hurt my head. <laughs> and I do remember actually when I saw the movie in the movie theater, like having to look away a lot because there's so many instances where it's just camera bouncing up and down, camera bouncing up and down. Mm. You can't see anything. And I had to like <laughs> cover my eyes and look down because it was making me sick. <laughs> I that was like a thing I felt like I feel like if you saw it in theaters I think that that's probably where that happened yeah. I just got annoyed because stop fucking moving <laughs> yeah like I can't see what you're screaming about right. I just the whole time I was annoyed I was just annoyed with it <laughs> no patience I uh I know everybody I think didn't you even say when you watched it you're like oh I immediately am annoyed with Heather again <laughs> everybody thought that Heather it's was all her fault <laughs> everybody oh. everybody blames Heather for everything and I think I, I think Heather is I think she gets a bad rap I think all three of them were being brats out there <laughs> no, listen I don't agree because I think that she was written to suck and mm -hmm. I don't think it's her fault. But her character sucks and they make her only care about the movie and she won't put the goddamn camera down. And like the other guy, Mike, was also a turd, but he like didn't become really turdy, I think, until like later on. Yeah. And then the guy that they find the guts of, he was fine until it got like desperate. Yeah. You know, and then it, it turned. I read an interview with, with Heather Donahue where she said that she based her character on a um director that she had worked with once who was who was like that who was just like oh. super self-assured wouldn't listen to anybody when things were going right she was like yep see told you and then when things would go wrong she would just never take responsibility <laughs> and so that was how she came up with that character the whole like process of this movie is really fascinating to me i read this there's a really great write-up in vice that uh they did for the 20th anniversary a couple years ago it's a fascinating article and they talked about even just like the audition process and I'll post it on the Instagram, the, the actual listing like in backstage magazine, like the actual audition post is pretty funny. So basically they, it said like, it's going to be a improvised horror movie and they needed people with like camping experience or something like that. And the way that they did the auditions were they just had people come in. And when you came in, there was, a, again, another sign that basically said, like, you're going to be out in the woods. You're going to be camping. If you're not in for that, then don't bother auditioning. And what they had them do when they came in to the room was they were told, you, you're, the character you're playing in this improv is you're a murderer who has served 10 years of a 20-year sentence and you're up for parole and you have to make your case to the parole board. They said that Heather 
scared the shit out of them because she was like super dark. She like took it like a really dark direction. And he they they auditioned people for over a year for this movie. And over that whole course of the the whole time, whenever they asked, why do you think you should be released? She was the only one that looked them dead in the eye and went, I don't. And they all were just like, oh, <laughs> and, and like immediately gave her the job. She definitely strikes me as like the lifetime version of the craft. Like she has those vibes and like that yeah. quality to her acting. It's also the eyebrows. Like she has those mm-hmm. 90 eyebrows, 90s eyebrows. Yeah. And so they basically, once they were, the three of them were cast, they got a crash course on handling cameras and sound equipment, some basic survival training. And then they just sort of sent them out into the woods. And they tried for a few days to have the crew follow them along, but they couldn't stay out of, they couldn't like stay out of their way. So they kept getting in the shot and all this stuff. So they had mapped out basically every campsite. And I think it was eight total, eight total nights that they were out in the woods and they mapped out each site and they had a GPS so that they knew where to go. And Every time they would get to a new campsite, there would be a milk crate that had three film canisters in it. And inside each one would be the individual notes for each actor from the director. And they weren't allowed to tell the other two what they read. And so it would tell them, like, this is what's going to happen with your character tonight. Or this is the sto- this is the part of the story that you have to push at this point. But they weren't allowed to talk to each other about it. And so... Like when Josh goes missing, they got to that campsite and his note said, you have to leave tonight. You wait until they're asleep and you leave. And if they wake up while you're leaving, tell them you're going to the bathroom and then get out of there. And so he did. He waited till they were sleeping. He left. He went out to the road. They were waiting for him. They picked him up and they're like, all right, you're going home. (laughs) And that was was the end. But the other two had no idea that when they woke up, he wasn't going to be there. They didn't know if he was coming back. So it's pretty cool. That'd be kind of scary. Yeah. And and they would do, they'd mess with them on purpose. Like they would, they, you know, they, they'd have to do all the, the filming, their daytime filming, and then they'd set up their camp. And at like midnight, once they fell asleep, the crew would come in and start and like torment them basically <laughs> in the middle of the night. And they would have to wake up and be like, oh, I guess, I guess we have to be actors now. And like, project because they knew, they knew that that's what was happening. But it was, yeah. So it was kind of a strange and interesting um, experiment in filmmaking. <laughs> oh, man. Blair Witch. Blair Witch. Paving the way. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. <laughs> I also love, um, there's a guy that they interview in the be- in the beginning when they're talking to all the townspeople and he's saying that that like his grandma used to tell him the story or whatever of the Blair Witch to um to make him go to bed. <laughs> it was like, you know, you have to go to bed or the witch is gonna get you. And I feel like that's how oh. so many witch or monster stories have come about is that it's always just been adults trying to get children to behave, <laughs> you know, like it's either well, like for sure. you have to go to bed or you can't be out, you know, after dark. And I think about a movie like, um, like the village, right. Where they're all, you know, they, they have this whole lie about these monsters that live out in the woods and that's why they can't leave the, the like perimeter of their town. Right. It's like a means of control. It's like they're all yeah. didactic in that way. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I mean, it's like it's like cooler religion, you know, it's like yeah. don't do this because you'll go to hell, but don't go outside at night because the monsters will eat you. It's like the same thing. Yeah, it's yeah. The same thing. 
Totally. (laughs) (laughs) The devil's outside. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I also loved um, when Mike was just walking through the woods yelling, Cal Ripken is king. (laughs) I forgot he did that. I used to wait on Cal Ripken. He was so nice. Oh, he's a nice guy. Yeah. He was always very polite. Uh, Okay. So this touched home for us. So we did a little bit of research into Burkittsville is where it was based and there's no actual Blair Witch. Right. The only thing that Burkittsville has is I feel like this is there's one of these in most places and that's like the hill. Uh, It's called Spooky Hill and it is off Gaplin Road. And it's a stretch of road near the battle site of Antietam. And it's known for the mysterious phenomena of that if you put your car in neutral at the base of the hill, the ghosts of Confederate soldiers will push it back up the incline. And the rumor, the rumor is that the ghosts believe that they're still at war and pushing cannons and artillery pieces. There's also reports of laughter coming from the woods. But, but I also read in another on another site, because that was on Haunted Places, um, that... The legend is that the soldiers are pushing the cannon up the mountain because they died when they were doing it. And the cannon exploded during the Battle of South Mountain, 1862. Mm. So it's like that one is much sadder and darker. (laughs) But, you know, I'm sure you know the science. Yeah, this is a a, a hard and fast optical illusion. That's what all of these hills are. (laughs) It's true. The hill is, though, right? Like, like it, you're actually going down. You're actually going downhill, but because of the landscape around it, it looks like the hill is on an upswing, but it's not. Because there's another one in Maryland. I there's don't remember where. There's a bunch of them everywhere. Oh, Gettysburg. It's up in Gettysburg. Mm. And the, the people are like, you can see handprints. Yeah. that's Everybody's got that story, too. Like, we, where I grew up in Waldorf, Maryland, there were, like, train tracks. They were like, if you... St- park your car on the train tracks these little ghost babies will push it over and if you put flour on the back of your car you can see little handprints i feel like every town in america has that story so while the story of the blair witch was not real you have a story about a real maryland witch yeah yeah so this is real uh, like Maryland Historical Society. This is like a thing. Uh, and this is from baynet.com, which is just the the Bay Area of Maryland, not San Francisco. Yeah, the, the Chesapeake Bay Area. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the dirtiest bay you'll ever see. <laughs> Brown water. Um, so the legend of Moldire. And I remember reading about this in school. Like I remember mm-hmm, me too. this... Come, would come up when we were kids uh so it's the late 1700s um a 19th century newspaper article on the legend describes mole as like a an old hag who lived in like a ramshackle home all which buzzwords and residents were like you know of course afraid of her and suspected that she was like a witch uh according to story the story after a winter blizzard hit the area townspeople blamed mole and set fire to her home to drive her out of town what a bunch of dicks i know that townspeople it's like you know frankenstein um she fled into the woods and then several days later a young boy searching for lost cattle in the snow came across her frozen body kneeling on a rock one arm like stretched out to the heavens cursing her tormentors 
So her knee and her hand prints are supposedly still imprinted on the rock. And for years after her death, fields in that area won't grow crops. And over the years, there were numerous sightings of her wandering ghost, usually spotted in the coldest day of winter. And the rock is real. They just moved it. But it's like in like the historical because oh, there's all that. It's This is down in Leonardtown. Yeah. Um, so there's all that like historical old stuff, but down there, down like the old jail and stuff. I think yeah. they moved it over there. So yeah, so that is, and you know what's crazy about the story is that the, like before I'd started researching this, Samantha, my sister, mm-hmm. and I were talking about the house we lived in that we all believed was haunted. Like my dad thought it was haunted and he's, he doesn't even believe in ghosts. He still won't right. say it's ghosts. He just like gives me that face and is like, it was really weird. Is what he says. Right, right, right. And Samantha, my one room was like, my room was the scary room. And Samantha was telling me about this dream that she would have. We would always see a shadow go from my closet or my bathroom and then walk across in front of the closet, like towards the door. Like it was, you know, you come out of the bathroom like a, like a L. Yeah. And like to the extent that I remember it happening one time and I asked my mom in the morning and she lied and told me it was her. Because I was like, were you in my room? You know, like bratty, like <laughs> middle schooler. Um, and she was like, oh, I went in there for whatever, which was like a total lie. This is also the house where my mom heard the growling and abandoned us. It's <laughs> 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 just like, I think it's very funny in retrospect. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Not on the same thing. Um, <laughs> I've been like, goodbye, children. Like, can't protect you from demons. Save yourself. Right. Good luck. <laughs> Samantha had this dream that she was like in she had taken a shower in my bathroom and that when she got out there was writing on the mirror that said Meyer Dyer and Samantha's told me this story for fucking years and I've been like that is not a thing it doesn't mean anything like I looked it up like I tried to figure out what the hell this was right Mm -hmm. so then I read the Moldire thing and I was Mm. like Oh, I, that's so weird. And I text her and I was like, could it have been Moldire? And she was like, oh, my God, <laughs> the Waldorf. It's a Waldorf ghost. <laughs> I don't think that's I don't think that's how that works. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Maul can come up from Leonardtown. That's like a 45 minute drive. That's a long time. <laughs> Dude, that bitch can fly. Like, not only is she a witch, but she also is a ghost. Like, but that's history. You can't. I mean, we all know that, like, she was not a witch she was just a woman that didn't you know subscribe to the norms of right women in that time i mean it'd be cool if she was a witch maybe she was yeah i'm like wait and not like modern day like witchcraft where it's like everybody's stevie nicks i mean like <laughs> the real witch like i think that'd be cool <laughs> yeah 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 uh, i do love stevie nicks no shade i like stevie nicks too man i feel like in general um uh, going back to like the lore, but I feel like in general, Maryland had a lot. Yeah, I think it comes with being being a very old state. I think that I think that that's true of a lot of East Coast states, and especially especially those sort of you know thirteen original colony areas. Yeah, because I just think like it's it's so old. There's so much history, and I think it. Yeah, it's it's a good environment for tales like this to emerge so what what uh what ghost spooky lore do you remember from when you were a kid i remember crybaby bridge being one of them which crybaby bridge is one of those that 
I think lots of places have lots of people, mm-hmm. lots of towns have a story like this. And the the one the one that's in Maryland generally is about this uh, bridge in Davidsonville, so outside of Bowie. It's called Governor Bridge Road. And uh, so there's a there's this like kind of creepy bridge on there, and again I'll post photos on the Instagram. Um, and according to the story, it's you know some some time ago, uh, a young mother became overwhelmed with depression and threw herself and her newborn over the bridge. And if you go at night, you can hear the sounds of a baby crying. And if you're brave enough to look over the side of the bridge, you might see the body of a floating infant like it you know it's like all of that there's also a similar story associated with that spot that's like a ghost car that locals have claimed to have witnessed like plunge over the side of the bridge into the patuxent river and then it just disappeared after that like they they look over the bridge and there's nothing there i always heard crybaby bridge was in lexington park off andrew church road and that there might be one down there too. I yeah. feel like it's probably any spooky bridge gets this this story or something. I don't remember it being like a real bridge. I remember it being like an overpass. Like it wasn't. <laughs> I was like, how do you fall from that? But that's that's the story I remember. But San Diego has one too. Yeah, yeah. It seems like lots of lots of places have them, and that I. I, when I was looking to see like sort of where most of the stories were coming from in Maryland and, and they did talk about that Davidsonville spot, that that is, I guess, where Goatman originated too. Oh, yeah. Beltsville to Bowie, Mitchellville, mm-hmm. uh, Upper Marble. Yeah. yeah. Goatman is one of my favorites. Tell the good people about Goatman. So ev- ev- like everywhere has a Goatman. Right. So it is it is unfortunate because when i was a kid i had not heard of Goatman until we moved there so in 1970 there was a researcher at beltsville agricultural research center which as far as i know is real um they say that he was <laughs> doing experiments on goats when something went awry and he turned into Goatman, which is the upper body of a goat i feel like that's really awry like that's like the movie the fly like he must have gotten yeah. into that machine with a goat <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Part of a goat. At least that's like one of the theories of like PG County, Prince George's County, goat man. Yeah. So like I said, belts filled a buoy, Mitchellville, Upper Marlboro, which is where William's grandma lived. And when we'd go up there, right. it'd be like, goat man. Yeah. My grandparents lived up there too. Oh, really? Yeah. They lived in Bowie. Bowie. I love Bowie. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I always liked Bowie. I don't know. Uh, maybe because it's like it's like the least worst part of driving three hundred one and three. You know <laughs> what I mean? Not, that is true. Yeah. Because past Bowie fucking sucks on three. It's always Crofton. Fuck you, Crofton. Crofton. Ugh, Crofton's the worst. I hate. I hate it. Like I just want to get on fifty and go around. Like I don't even want to do it. This episode is really for Marylanders. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to drive it all the time when I worked for Mac. So like I yeah. just hate it. <laughs> and Bowie has Target, so and it's right off the, it's like off the main drag, That's and right. a Wawa. Uh, one key moment for Goatman was uh, October twenty seventh, nineteen seventy one. The Bowie based BG County News published an article about the University of Maryland folklore archives, and it mentioned the Goatman and other legends. Two weeks later, the same reporter published a follow-up that residents fear Goatman lives because there was a dog was found decapitated in Old Bowie. And the family believed that the Goatman was responsible. It was like a puppy, which is really fucked up. I know I read it and I was like, I don't like this. 
So the Washington Post followed up in November, giving the legend national audience. And by the following year, he was mentioned in like American Graffiti. And, he, and they say that maybe it's a goat killer. Maybe we'll see the whole thing, something like that. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. So he has like multiple different stories and they just, you got to run. He's just another Bigfoot, essentially. <laughs> right. Didn't Mike... Uh, your sister's ex one time pretend to be the goat man at like Kate's birthday party or something like that. Katie used to have Halloween parties every year. Oh, that's what it was. And they were in like, I think they were in middle school. No, maybe younger. They might've been younger. Um, But my mom had to quarantine our two labs at the time because they had gotten bit by like a raccoon or something something fucking crazy happened so they had to quarantine the dogs in the basement in these giant cages for like six months it was like crazy that or you put them down and so the they had like the cages so mike put on a goat and what did he wear do you remember what the top was no i don't but he somehow had like a A goat like something with horns like a a mask that had horns on it and and he was running in our woods well first the kids came down and found him in the cages and my mom had like strobe my mom's like a crazy uh halloween person yeah and they had like strobe lights on him and he was like ah and like the one like like a child like peed themselves at this party oh no because i know and and maybe she just cried either way there were there was liquid um, but I don't remember now. I might have just been making that part up. Um, but Michael went into the woods and it was terrifying. Like as an adult, yeah. knowing what was happening, or I was in high you, school, I guess. I was like, no, this is fucked up. Yeah. Fucked up. <laughs> You're like, I know that this is fake and I'm still terrified. Yeah. But he used to tease us about it because Samantha started dating Mike when I was in elementary school and he was the one because mm. he was from Bowie. So he had told us about Goatman. Got it. So thanks a lot, Mike. <laughs> Another uh, one of my, my, this is actually probably always my, my absolute favorite local legend is the ghost of the blue dog. Oh, that one. Yeah. That one. It's like, it's like kind of, well, I don't know. It's, I, guess, I was going to say it's kind of sweet, but the story itself is <laughs> not. Oh, I don't remember <laughs> the story. So I'll tell you the story. So there, there are debates of like where, uh, what, time it originated like some people say that it was like colonial but most people say that this is like civil war era uh, around that time not that that matters but just putting it into context for you so as the story goes this guy charles thomas sims uh, and his blue tick hound wander into a local tavern charles gets super drunk and starts bragging about having a large amount of money on him and the deed to a very large property like a real dumbass right <laughs> and so there's this guy this port tobacco resident uh by the name of harry hanos and some of his friends overhear him bragging about this shit so charles gets up to leave hanos and company follow him and catch up to him outside of rose hill manor and demand that he hands over the money and the deed and they end up killing him and his dog Oh, why are they going to kill a dog? I know, right? These people, like the dog was trying to protect him and they killed oh, the dog. Fuckers. So Hanos buries the treasure under a holly tree somewhere along Rose Hill Road and comes back a few days later to dig it up. And when he does this, he's confronted by the ghost of the dog. And 
Shortly after this encounter, Hanos gets really sick and dies. And so people started saying that he had been scared to death by this dog and that this ghost dog was the thing that, that, that got him. Yeah. And so from there it, it took off and, and lots of other, uh, stories started coming out of people hearing or seeing the dog. And I have something special for us. I asked my family if they knew any stories about the blue dog. And my mom said that she did not have a story, but she did have a story about the house where the blue dog is said to reside, the property where Sims and the dog were killed. My godfather lived on that property for a time in the late 70s. So here's that story. Mom, I sent you a message yesterday because Jen and I are doing this episode about Marilyn Lore, and I asked you if you had heard of a couple of things we were covering. And I asked you about the blue dog story, and you said that you did know that story, and that while you didn't have a specific story about the blue dog, you did have a fun story about the house where that legend comes from, which is Rose Hill Manor. Tell me about it. Okay, so Rose Hill Manor was um, my girlfriend, Kathy, her future husband, was living in one of the rental properties on Rose Hill Manor. And he and three other guys were renting one of the little houses there. And they always told us that this place was haunted. And... We never really thought anything about it, but they would say that they would go to work like during the day and it'd be, you know, light outside or whatever, come home at night and every single light in the house would be on, like not just a kitchen light or whatever, but every light would be on or they would go to bed at night and wake up in the morning and every single cabinet would be open. And they all, you know, swore to one another that they didn't do it. You know, it it was happening. It was haunted. So they all believed that it was haunted. They really, they really believed it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever go there? Oh, yeah. You did? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kathy and I would go there all the time. Did you get vibes? Did you think it was haunted? (sighs) You know, I guess back then I wasn't really thinking about it. As far as that was concerned, I didn't, I didn't notice. Yeah. So, but do I believe that it was? Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> How did Marty end up living on, on that property? Uh, he was in the Port Tobacco Players with Connie Stewart. And Connie and Chuck Stewart owned the house at the time. Connie and Chuck Stewart owned Rose Hill, right, at the time. And, yeah, that that story, I'm sure you know, is they were staffers for Nixon. And they wanted to move closer to D.C. from wherever they lived. I don't even know where they lived because that's not very close. (laughs) Yeah, that's not not close. (laughs) But that's why they bought Rose Hill. Um, So Marty met Connie doing, I think, Maine. for PTP. And when he graduated high school, I guess, was looking for a place to live. And she said, well, we have, you know, these rental properties on, on the, on the property. 
So he got two of his buddies and they rented one of the houses on the, on the property. That's so crazy. I, I can't even, it must've been so cool and interesting to live on, on like a big historic estate like that. You know, it's, yeah, it was really cool because it was like at the bottom of the hill. So the manor sits way up at the top of the hill and overlooks a big part of the valley. Right. Um, and the house, the house that they lived in was at the, at the base of the hill. So you, when you looked up, you saw the manor house and it was just beautiful down there. Nice. It was really nice. Did you ever know anybody that said they saw the blue dog? No one that said they saw the blue dog. Okay. No. <laughs> All right. No. You don't have anybody out there telling fibs no <laughs> no but i but i remember like in high school of uh, people talking about it all the time yeah saying that they saw yeah know, but no actual real sightings right right yeah i think there i probably did know some people who said they saw it or like heard it but right. i don't you know right. i don't know <laughs> and you've been to the blue dog saloon which is a little uh, restaurant bar down the street from Rose Hill Manor. And it's pretty good. You like it? Oh, my God. It's delicious. Oh, my gosh. Mom, thank you for telling me this story. <laughs> I'm absolutely thrilled. I had no idea that he ever lived there. and That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know at all. And I'm sure that everyone's going to get a kick out of these spooky stories. Well, I hope so. I can't <laughs> wait to hear all of the other spooky stories. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, big thanks to my mom for sharing that story with us. What a treat. Okay, so my question is, though, this is your mom. So do you believe it? I, uh, no, no. <sighs> it's your mom. <laughs> your mom doesn't even like believe in spooky stuff. I know. I was surprised that she said that she thought it was that she actually did think that it was haunted. But I, I don't. I think those guys were messing with each other, and none of them would would admit to it. I don't think any of them were would would cop to it. But I think they were messing with each other. Yeah, I mean, you don't even think there's the possibility that weird shit can just happen. Like, even if it's not ghosts, we might just say it's ghosts. But yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally. I'm not. I'm not discounting that. Whatever your mom believes in ghosts. <laughs> now I can say your mom. <laughs> Believes in ghosts. She's the best. <laughs> you know who else? Somebody did see Blue Dog was Rosie Pebbles. I think it was her mom saw Blue Dog and tried to pick up Blue Dog, thinking that it was a stray. <laughs> <laughs> but she like pulled over because that road is like real windy and like it's like backwoods. It is. But she pulled over yeah. to like because I think that um, there's that Rose Hill horse farm. It's like right there. Yes. And I think her mom used yep. to keep horses, her horses there. And she was like driving home at night and saw this dog and was like, I'm going to get the dog. It's like, Mama Pebbly, she's like the nicest person on the planet. But I thought that was sweet. And that was who I th- heard it from. I've driven up and down that road no less than 100 times. And I never saw that damn dog. Uh, only turtles. <laughs> turtles is probably what I've seen the most. <laughs> There is also a, a, an old tale about the woods off of off of that road that there's like there was a portal to hell. Oh, <laughs> in the field. Everybody, everybody's got <laughs> a portal. One. Everybody's got a portal. Yeah, yeah. It was like some some tree that grew crooked out of the ground, and everybody always said that that was the uh, the the portal to hell. <laughs> cool. 
Yeah. <laughs> so those are some of our favorite Maryland folklore stories. Even though the Blair Witch is not a real one, uh, it was pretty fun to to be from Maryland when that that movie was making a big splash, and it was fun to watch the movie again after after some time. What what would you give it uh, in in screens? Um, I'm not giving it any. You'd, zero. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> I'm mad. I had to watch it again. <laughs> I forgot what it was like the first time. But oh, I will give their God. marketing team five stars. They did a good job until we found out. Yeah, agree. I also would give a full five screams and stars to the just the the, the idea behind this. It was so smart, and you can never do this today. No. Like it was such a perfect. It was just the perfect time. Like the internet was just becoming what it what it is and what it was, and it's it's hard. It, it, I I can't imagine trying to explain why this movie worked the way that it did to somebody who is ten years younger than me. Like it's right <laughs> because to not really sort of understand the just the feeling of the time. Uh, I don't know because it really. It was so smart. It was so smart. I mean, even in your story, like having to explain that you went home to look up something on the internet, all I could hear was like the AOL dial up. And I was like, that probably took you like an hour to get on the internet (laughs) to keep everyone off the cell, off that landline. You know, somebody was always picking it up in the middle of your LimeWire download. I don't miss it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think the movie itself, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. I, I, I think now it's hard for me to, to look at it without knowing, Seeing without all. knowing everything I know yeah. about it. But yeah, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's an interesting, I think it probably was an interesting um, experience for those actors and for the small crew that did work on the movie. Yeah. Just seems like a fun way to make a movie. Yeah, and we'll get some pictures. I have a, I've got a picture of the, uh, the, I think it was the the house that they use in it was called the Griggs House. I think was the name oh. of it, um, and it was out in like Granite, Maryland. And they tore it down like the year after the movie. It, they did wreak havoc on the actual town of Burkittsville because everybody was fucking yeah. showing up there. Yeah, everybody was showing up in Burkittsville trying to See the go ghost. on these ghost hunting and witch hunting tours, and these poor people are just like, "It's not real." Right? It's like this <laughs> tiny ass town. Yeah. They do have lots of history. There are two very major civil war battles. So yeah. <laughs> there's there's definitely things to see, but yeah. Just no murderous cursing just witch. Right. Yeah. Nope, that didn't happen. So next week we're gonna have our friend Lisa from your other podcast, Ghost Butts. Ghost Butts. <laughs> Ghost Butts, Ghost Butts. And we're gonna talk about the Mothman prophecy right yeah, we're, and you and i and well lisa i think lisa will probably watch it too but she's gonna have like the story of that like the actual background of mothman and we're yeah. gonna talk about the richard gear movie which i'm gonna tell you right now i love <laughs> i love it <laughs> i'm excited to watch it i haven't seen it for a very long time i was so. surprised i remembered it not being good and then it was so nice all right so come back next week and uh we'll talk we'll talk about that Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at the devil made me review it or send us an email at the devil made me review it at gmail.com. <laughs>